Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Good day to you and yours. Welcome to the pilot edition of the WTS Football Podcast. This is a platform where we have fan-centered but passionate and analytical discussions on happening in the footballing world with the bias of the English Premier League. We do talking about the German Bundesliga, the Spanish La Liga, the French League, or the Champions League. And hey, who knows? We might even do some talking about the Nigerian Professional League. Mm-hmm. Uh, me on the edition today. I have Fallan representing Arsenal Football Club. Fallan, what's up? Yeah, my man, I'm good. Always, always excited to discuss football. All right, Arsenal fan, excited about football, even with the kind of season you guys are having. Well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> uh, I have Ola representing Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp's juggernauts. Ola, what's good? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Good to be here. All right, Terrestia is representing Jose Mourinho and the white white side of London. That's White Athlete. Now the Olympic Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur. Hey guys, uh, it's nice having me here. Come on, you sports. We are going for the league this season, hopefully. <laughs> oh, going for the league, the league cup or the Premier League? That remains uh, to be seen. Maybe we have. I think I just said hey. the league cup. <laughs> okay, he says he's talking about the leak of oh smart, smart, smart answer there. But who knows? Later in the day, we'll have more discussions uh, about that as time goes on. And last but not the least, obviously we have Pablo here to talk about Manchester United and you know a little bit about Barcelona. Pablo, hi. Thank you for having me here. It's an honor to be here. Kicking things off, um, Fallen. Let's talk about Arsenal Football Club and Ateta. So far, it looked like the season was heading for the rocks until a few games, maybe four, three, four games back, when Ateta seemed to have finally gotten the hang of the job at Arsenal. Maybe they've turned the season around, Fallen. Yeah, it has been up to five, four games ago. It was all doomed for the season, and many of the fans. We're calling for Ateta's sack that he should be kicked out because 
where there, was, there were no results, we were not creating chances, we were not winning games, we kept on conceding, even when not attacking. You know how, how disastrous that could be? You're not attacking and you're still conceding goals. You can see how, how terrible that could be. But since the initially it was reliant on the more experienced players in the squad, the likes yeah. of Nicola Pepe and William. But since the introduction of the my heel hand boys to the squad, the likes of Bukayo Saka, although that one has always been, he has been in and out of the first level since the start of last season, but he has been a mainstay in the lineup, in the XI for the past four, five, yeah, six yeah. games. Then, likes of Emil Smith throw, then Rob Holding has gotten a shit back, and we've seen a gradual uh, turn in results, as in positively. One for the, of the last game, including the FA Cup, we were. We considered just, I think we considered just once in four games. We kept three clean sheets. So we are gradually turning our season around. And uh, who knows, maybe the FA Cup might be for the taking and then uh, we'll scrap a top six finish at the end of the day. All right, all right. Yeah, so she's talking about the Arsenal game. We saw that chance that fell to Andy Carroll very late in the game. At the time, it took quite a heroic save from Ben Leno to stop Andy Carroll from making that game Newcastle's game. And you know, um, Fallan, if that goal had gone in, maybe we'll be having a very, very different discussion this evening, don't you think? Yeah, it would have been way different. And as why I was saying earlier was that. Uh, football is too reactionary. When Arsenal started the season poorly, 10, 12, 13 games into the season and we were at 16th, 15th, many people were blaming Ateta for allowing Emi Martinez leave for Aston Villa because Aston Villa we started the season very brightly. But I think in the past few games, four, five, six, seven games, Bendeno has come to show himself that form is temporary and what class is permanent. All right, let's bring in Ola, the Liverpool fan. Ola, um, looking at the English Premier League log right now, Liverpool are, you know, under three points. Just four points stand between Liverpool in first place and Everton in seventh place. Um, how close of a title race do you think we'll have this season, Ola? Are Liverpool going to run away with the league again, or are we going to have a very, very close photo finish? Uh, what do you think? Well, first of all, first of all, I think um, I'd like to point out the fact that they wouldn't even series anymore right now Liverpool are their full strength squad believe it or not agree or not it's hard <laughs> that we're in the position we're in right now is because we've had key injuries I'm telling you like believe it or not because one of the main issues that we've had in this season is that defense, our defense has been utter shite like our defense has been shit and it's no coincidence that we've had our best player in defense out at the same time that everyone else around the team seems to be losing form so i feel like yeah if, if we add our food in, nobody in this league on this current form will be able to compete i think you guys you guys should be thankful that's happening 
All right, switching over quickly to the white side of London, talking about Tottenham Hotspurs and the Jose Mourinho boys. They have a mouth-watering final set up against Pep Guardiola's Man City sometime in April for the League Cup. And they've also had some pretty good performances in the league, especially looking at the likes of Harry Kane and Ming Son. You know, getting the goals, getting the assists, getting the man of the match performances, and they are also in within that um, also for the title this season. So how good do you think this season has been for Tottenham Sports and for Jose Mourinho, Terrestrial? Uh, I'm a man that deal with results and uh, relative to sports uh, start to the season, previous seasons, I wouldn't really say uh, it's still at, uh, relative to Pochettino, I wouldn't really say it's still extraordinary. I think it's still you know, on the same level because Pochettino actually starts the season well also. So... I think I'll receive my judgment to when the season is in its um, prime and see if it's going to be there at the end of the season. But I wouldn't really say individually, yeah, I would say some players are performing themselves like on like the previous season, but collectively, I wouldn't really say it's going to be a totally different season for them uh, in terms of the family. Okay, so while I appreciate. Um, Teresa are trying to play it cool, you know, trying to be political with his answers. You can't also dispute the fact that Jose Mourinho is a coach that knows his way around finals. You know, he's no stranger to Pep Guardiola. And with the kind of hunger that you expect to see from the Tottenham lads, how optimistic are you about Tottenham finally laying their hands on some silverware and, you know, maybe putting Arsenal fans to shame? Finally, finally, finally. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, I would blindly I say I'm not. I, I am very, very optimistic. You know, that is the main reason uh, Daniel Levy brought in Jose Mourinho to the club to actually win something for a group of very good players, you know, that have given their prime, I think I should say, to the club. So I'm very optimistic and uh, I'm also very uh, cautious because Guardiola is the kind of manager <laughs> that he likes to Looking at the League Cup, I think he has won it consecutively like three times on a row now. I think maybe three or four times. But I'm, I'm trusting Mourinho's record in finals. I think throughout his managerial career, he has only lost three finals. Uh, I think he has only lost only one uh, League Cup final. I'm not sure. So I'm very optimistic and I will be so uh, happy if we can actually win something for uh, the men in white. But I'm not writing up Guardiola. I know it's going to be a very difficult match. Let's bring in Pablo for the Manchester United angle. Much awaited volleyball um, analysis right now. Manchester United have a chance to go top of the league in just a few hours or eight hours from now when they take on Burnley at tough more. A win in that game will take them ahead of Liverpool, you know, ahead of the chasing pack, a tightly packed chasing pack. Uh, Pablo, how do you rate your chances this season? I mean, looking at this fantastic performance or fantastic opportunity of going top of the league so far. I mean, definitely, as a Man United fan, I have to be excited. I mean, so far, we did not believe that Ole will get us this far. I mean, the Man United that started this season, we've seen a lot of things happen this season. We've seen Man United come from behind, come and beat Southampton. I mean, that was like a miracle. We've seen a lot of comebacks happening this season. We've seen a Man U team that we did not expect. If you ask a lot of us now, we'll say, Van Essen will say, 
my use of achieving at the moment. But we still believe in what's going on. We are seeing a thing that is better, even though we know yes, it is based on one individual talent. But then the my thing we are seeing is looking very bright. There are chances that we might end up winning the Premier League this season. At least we are still. <laughs> we came in hard. I mean, and when you look at Liverpool's team, we know that Liverpool have injury problems, and so far so good. Our players are turning up when we need them to. They are stepping up their game. We are seeing a Pogba that is looking more brighter and more sharper. Fernandez keeps delivering week in, week out, and I mean, this this is a good period to be a Man U fan right now. And there's no way we'll talk about the performance of Manchester United without talking about one particular lad. You know, new signing brought into the league has taken the league by storm, delivering the goals, the assists, even the penalty kicks. And, and you know, we're all talking about Bruno Fernandes, of course. So, Ola, how good a player, how good a signing has Bruno Fernandes been for Manchester United? I mean, you cannot afford to, you cannot afford to hate him. You cannot. I mean, he has been brilliant on every single level on penalties, on free kicks, on corner kicks, he delivers week in, week out. Um, Paula, let's, let's go back to us now a bit and talk about the elephant in the room, you know. Some have said he's a club legend, some have argued otherwise. We're talking about Mesut Ozil and the kind of treatment he's gotten from Arsenal Football Club as a whole, from the manager, uh, Mikel Ateta. You know, we even hear reports that he might be on the way to Fenerbahce pretty soon. Um, do you think it's been fair, the treatment that Messi Tozzi got from Master? I think it was... Uh, okay, I'm not... Let me speak in the past tense because it is already clear he'll be leaving the club. So, he'll be leaving for Fenerbahce in days to come and the treatment of Ozil in the two seasons. This season especially, imagine a player of Ozil's caliber not being registered for the Premier League and Europa, that is quite unfair. Considering the fact that we are short of creativity, there is a dearth of players in the squad that can create. We have the likes of Willock, Pepe, William, and the likes struggling to create chances. And you have someone like Mesut Ozil, who is sitting on the, not even sitting on the bench. He has been training with him. Not registered for competitions. He's not even eligible to play in those competitions. It is unfair. The major reason why it is quite silly is because he's, he's been uh, flushed out of the team for non-footballing reasons. Some say it's because of his comments on, on, the, China, on the China issues. Some say it's because of his, uh, his, uh, his hardcore insistence on having or not having a pay cut. Some say it's because of uh, his uh, overly, uh, how am I going to put it? He's being too active on social media and not relating with like rushing to the social media to share whatever is happening with him instead of relating with the club hierarchy. So there are just several reasons to point out. But the truth is, what you cannot doubt is that he was treated unfairly. This is a player who's, who's uh, who, who, when he joined us now, will return to winning ways. It might, well, it might be a coincidence, but his joining us now was a season whereby we ended our nine-year trophy drought. And since then, we've won four FA Cups, Community Shields, and what have you. So it is just unfair. For me, he's a national legend. I would always say he's a national legend. All right, back to Tottia Motors once again. Teresa, let me bring you in right here. I want to talk about the reliance 
on you know Harry Kane and Hyun Ming Son by Jose Mourinho and even the rest of the squad. I saw a stat that as much as 80% plus of Tottenham's goals and assists have come in between these two guys. I mean, don't you think that might be a dangerous precedent for the rest of the season? I mean, what happens if one of these guys is unavailable or off form? What do you think, Terrestrial? Uh, well, uh, I would say the uh, over-reliance on Son and K-Partnership isn't just that uh, with Jose Mourinho. Even though it's uh, more pronounced on that Jose Mourinho, I will go back to uh, Mauricio Pochettino also. Tottenham generally has been so reliant on Son and Kane, even though maybe not as much as this season because before they had Ericsson in between the lines providing assistance to each, uh, each of them. But now it's each of them providing assists to each other and goes to each other. But I think it has happened. It's happened for like three seasons ago. And I'm very, very scared uh, as to what will happen if either one of them should become uh, unavailable or it, it drop in form. And I think we've started seeing that because uh, recently, Son actually went down in form for like four or five games. He didn't have an assist, have a goal. And I think that affected them. And I'm trying to see how uh, Jose Mourinho is going to manage that because definitely it's going to happen soon enough. One of them is going to have problems, and I I believe it's going to affect the whole team. Gareth Bale is not uh, up to the standard yet. He has not hit the ground running. He just recovered from an injury. Uh, Lucas Moura, well, that one plays like he's very in a very big Timberland, you know. The ball just disappears on his feet. Sylvain <laughs> Barabin has been a very good um, option on the point He has been seeing so many chances and he has been a very wasteful uh, attacker. Uh, we the match against Liverpool. If he had scored at least one or two of his chances, it might have been a good match. Uh, Lamela, well, that's another uh, hospital player. Deli Ali has not been up to that standard. Also, he has, he's, he's already up uh, down in form. And we know Tank Ndebele is not a typical attacking player, he's a creative player, but... So yeah, I uh, see no reason why they have not been over-reliant on Kane and Son, but I think sooner or later it's going to tell on them, especially when the European uh, knockout stage starts. I think it's going to tell on them. They need to get Kane by firing as soon as possible. All right, the rest I'm surprised you didn't make any mention of the Atric King, you know, Carlos Vinicius, who just got himself a wonderful Atric in Tottenham's game against Marine Spirits or Marine FC or whatever they are called. You know, the Atric hero got three goals, bargain three goals, and it was brought in, I guess, to relieve some of the stress on Hurricane. You know, the goal scoring stress, give Hurricane some much needed rest, and you know, you didn't even mention him at all. Yeah, I think he has not actually gotten the opportunity to be in that position. He has actually started against the lower league size sides. He has not. I think he has not started any Premier League game this season. The way the fixtures has come up and the position they are in the league, I don't think Jose Moyoko had fought to bench his most uh, informed striker for, for Carlos Vinicius just to see like oh, come and share some you know responsibility of team. But maybe if they are in a more comfortable position in the league, he would have tried that. But I don't think he has the luxury to try that now. So let's see. Let's see. Maybe towards the end of the season, he's going to have the opportunity to do that. But for now, 
I think he'll just be making appearances in, uh, against lesser uh, opportunities. Right, picking up from where you stopped, Ola, going towards um, Liverpool now. Uh, how big a miss has Virgil van Dijk been this season? I mean, I had you talk about the fact that he was your best player. I know some people might have the arguments about that. But, hey, what does it say about the club, you know, defending champions in the league? You have a few injuries and then things look to have fallen apart. Is it that that's something wrong with the squad depth or the, the, the management hierarchy? Or there's something going on at Liverpool that, you know, we should be aware of. Uh, first of all, I didn't say VVD is our best player. I said our best player in defense. That's what I said. Yeah. So, um, it's not just VVD that is injured. I think before the season started, nobody could have predicted what has happened. VVD is out. Matip is out. Gomez is out. That's three, literally three senior centre-backs with injuries. Fabinho was supposed to be our first choice centre-back, but so far for the biggest part of this season is basically been our first choice center but that's not ideal in any situation playing a midfielder as the only fit senior center back you have that's going to that's just that's going to mess you up and another problem that i think we're having is the fact that our front three right now are just not clicking jota came in he kind of made things a bit fresher he brought the goals he brought the new uh dimension to the attack and you know the other guys were even sitting up say ah this guy this guy actually competes you get me and then he got injured and they've got gone back to square zero salah is shit he plays like he doesn't want to be here Mane can't, can't seem to finish any chances <laughs> femino is femino he's been to be honest he's been very annoying for the past couple of years for me personally so the front three is not click, uh, clicking and the defense is shit you don't score goals and you concede goals the away games, I think in our last five away games or so, we've had like three draws at least, lost one, and then there was the abnormality where we played 7-0. So, I don't know, it's just, we're very strong at home, but especially away from home, these gaps, these weaknesses tend to show. So, it's not just the defense, even the attack is not clicking. Yeah, everything is just, it's, it's just pretty messed up right now. I can't wait for the guys to do that. I hope they suspend the league because of COVID and everybody comes to make that shit. I didn't get that. Yeah. I said Would I take what? No. No. All of you were like, the league, cancel the league. So I go. Pablo on the United angle, there's this um, gist that has been going around the fact that Manchester United seems to have gotten so many penalties this season, especially when compared to other clubs. I saw a start that as much as 33 penalty kicks have been awarded to United over the last two seasons. I mean, when you look at the fact that some other clubs are struggling to get any of these penalty kicks given for them, and even with the VAR reviews, we even had a situation in which the, the, the full-time whistle blown the game against Brighton and Manchester United still managed to eke out a penalty kick even after full-time. I mean, is there something going on at Manchester United with, penal- with regards to penalties, Pablo? 
I mean, if you look at my United attack, especially with Marshall, Marshall has a way whereby when he holds the ball in the box, I mean, there's a way he goes down in the box and then he turns and looks at the ref. I mean, he goes down with this. It's not like he's trying to fake it, but Marshall is kind of good at winning penalties. So you cannot say the coach, is, you cannot say the referee is favorite. I mean, everybody is having their own chances. There's VAR. They are checking. But then it's not our fault that Man United keep getting more penalties. And then we forget the fact that so far this season, Leicester has been able to get more penalties than even Manchester United. But because of the fact that Leicester is at least a smaller club compared to Man United, nobody is talking about that. So, I mean, whether it's penalties he's scoring, whether he's scoring free kicks, whether he's scoring from open play, he's delivering. And that's what matters to us because all we need is to know that we're getting that three points week in, week out, and we're there at the top of the league table. So that's what matters. I mean, everybody is calling penalties. Badi has caught how many penalties this season. Kane has caught how many penalties. Salah has had his own share. So why would we complain when it's Fernandez calling a penalty? I mean, I have no issues with it. As long as it gives us the win that we deserve, there's no problem. And concerning that Brighton game, I mean, it is what it is. We got the penalty to, after the <laughs> final whistle was blown, but then we converted it, and at the end of the day, we got the three points, and that was what matters. All right, in case you thought we wouldn't, we are moving over to Stanford Bridge now to talk about Chelsea Football Club, talk about Frank Lampard, talk about the recent signings from Germany, you know, from Europe, generally talking about Timovena, Kim Ziyech, you know, Kayavat and the rest of the glads. You know, it looks like the hacks might fall on Frank Lampard pretty soon because the patience of the fans is definitely wearing thin. The performances have not been so good. We all expected Chelsea to be one of the high flyers this season, but it doesn't even look like they've gotten their hacks together. And are we going to see Frank Lampard getting the boot pretty soon? How soon will Chelsea get their hacks together? Fall on. Well, I don't really think it is wise for the axe to fall on Lampard presently, like at the moment, because we know it takes time. When you sign, you know, the the department in football where it is very difficult for players to gel in, especially when you have about two, three attackers signed. It's, uh, when you have about two, three players signed, it's the attack. Because before these players get themselves, before they get the rhythm, before they form that telepathic partnership, it takes time. The likes of Yek, uh, Timo Werner, uh, Kai Havertz, and the centre forward in either uh, Tam Abraham or Giroud. Before they are going to bond, it has to take time. So I know Chelsea fans, I've created with a lot of Chelsea fans for the past decade, and I know most, they are the most impatient of fans, but presently they, they don't have a choice. They just have to allow these players acclimatize. I, that's the word I love using, and I'll, use, I'll still say it on air here. They have to allow these guys acclimatize. Like now, the pressure is just too much on them. Like they expected Venus to just come in and just take the league by storm. They expected Kai Havertz to come in to take the league by storm. They expected Ziyech as well to come in to take the league by storm. And we know that the Premier League is much more difficult. The pace is different. The energy levels are what quite different. They just have to chill. Then going by their defense, at least we could see with the signing of uh, uh, Mendy, that's the goalkeeper. 
Thiago Silva and then the, the, the recent uh, form of Rhys James. They were rack, they were racking up a clean sheet. They were racking in clean sheets at some points, but then an injury occurred to one of them. Then a drop in form. Someone came in and then it went back to what to square zero. But I think with time, Cha, with time they should get back to their form. At least they were tied to contenders at the time. It's not it's not all it's not all moments. They still. I saw their game today against uh, against Mokam in the uh, FA Cup and the attack jailed, of course. That's a lesser, a very, a, I think it's a, yeah, against Mokam. Yeah, it's a league, is it league two or league, league two side, right? And of course, but they were, at least the, the attack, they clicked well and then, you know, there was no much pressure. Like when you're playing the likes of Leeds, you're playing Aston Villa, you're playing Southampton and the likes. So Chelsea fans, they need to be patient. They really need to be patient. Nobody's, nobody's having a rose. Exactly. Nobody's having. A... We can see the likes of Man City, Liverpool, United, Arsenal. We've all had our times of what low period. Everyone needs to exercise some patience, especially at this point. I want to get a unique insight into the Man City angle from you. You know, the start of the season it looked like the Pep Guardiola honeymoon period was getting over. He was having some losses, you know, surprising results, struggling to get goals, which is quite unusual for Manchester City. But you know, with the last performances, you know, the one against Chelsea, the one against Manchester United, it looks like Manchester City might be getting their acts together. I mean, they have a few games in hand. If they win those games, they are going to be top of the log. Uh, it looks like Pep Guardiola's has gotten his lads back in shape. What do you think, Terrestrial? Yes, I would say that. Uh, I would say it will only be a foolish person to ask Guardiola love at any point in time. Because that City team is still capable of causing some damage. And I think if you look at it from the statistical uh, point of view, they've been creating a lot of chances. But I don't think they've had quality players to finish them off. And I think that is justified with the injuries they had with um, Sergio Aguirre, the highest uh, in the uh, club's history, and uh, Gabriel Jesus at the point. And we all know how uh, Ryan Sterling can get. That guy, uh, <laughs> I do tell people that he's one of my least uh, liked players in Manchester City because he's very disappointing, you know, sees a lot of chances and just, uh, you know, plays whatever he likes. And uh, we admire Ferran Torres, uh, they are not. A typical uh, finisher. I think none of them has the kind of a finish rate of Yumin Son, for example. Uh, at the point, Kevin, we both also had some injuries when he started the season. Uh, I think the cases of one player having COVID, one player having COVID, that actually disrupt the rhythm of the team. But I believe with a very perfect squad, especially with the presence of Aguero, that team is capable of causing some serious damage. Very, very serious damage. So, I would believe it would just be a very foolish uh, uh, note to think that uh, they've lost that shoes or something. I still think they are very, very much I think to cause some damage towards the end of this. Alright, Pablo, let's move over to Spain talking about Barcelona Football Club. The struggling manager, the struggling Lionel Messi, who finally, finally got a goal from the free kick spot. Uh, in just the recent game, we had four goals in a game 
they look very comfortable Antoine Griezmann you know all the lights chipping in and looks like maybe Barcelona finally finally getting their hacks right and they might put up a better challenge to Atletico Madrid who seemed at some point to be running away with the league what do you think Pablo I mean if you watch the game between Barcelona and Granada yesterday you see that Barcelona has improved like seriously their game against Athletic Club, I mean, Athletic Club first scored, and then from nowhere, we saw Baka score to equalize, and then before the end of first half, they were leading 2-1. And then that's what happened when we watched the game against Granada. We've not seen the Barcelona side score many goals, especially away from home, for like the past two seasons. But then, that game yesterday, Barcelona took the lead, and then before, I mean, before halftime, Barcelona were three goals off. You can now see Messi playing football. He's enjoying football more. He's connecting with Pedri, connecting with Griezmann. I mean, the whole team is looking more fluid than it has looked the entire season. If you ask me, I'll still say that the coach is not still the best. He's just, he's just trained in those players there. And then, right now, for right now, it is clicking for him. But so far, Barcelona is looking more sharper. So Barcelona are looking more sharper than they have looked all season. I mean, the Barcelona team that we saw yesterday was a team that was very, very dead. The attack was very ferocious. Like, you could see Dembele cutting him through the side. You can see, and then you see Messi and Griezmann playing more freely. I mean, Griezmann is no. playing the number nine role, but then you see him coming back to pick the ball, and that's how he was able to get an assist across Messi yesterday. And so, I'll say that backer team right now is looking very, very dead. It's so solid. If they can continue with that form, I think they have they have a chance at the league. But Atletico Madrid right now are looking far off to win La Liga this season. Oh all right. And, uh, it's Ola. Ola Ola was talking about the fact that you know Arsenal's kids uh, it looks like if the big boys cannot deliver the likes of Obama Young. Why not focus on the kids and see what these kids can do? Do you agree with him, Ola? Yeah, for Arsenal. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think, bring, uh, bringing fresh blood or how do they put it? Bringing fresh blood into the team. I mean, it can't get possibly get worse than it currently is. They were so close <laughs> to relegation a few. Weeks I know. Ago, as I like said, <laughs> so I think the, the other relegation contenders. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so if bringing fresh blood into the team is what they need to, you know, get the form a bit up. As I said, Aubameyang hasn't been among the goals for a while. The guys that are supposed to be turning up are not doing so. So why do you have to keep persisting with senior players and quotes when you can just bring people that are actually hungry to do some new shit? And yeah, so, so far it's working for them. So, but I can't imagine these kids are going to take them to anywhere substantial. I mean, it's a good temporary fix. By the end of the day, they're going to need actual established players that's going to make a difference to your team. But for now, it's all future. right, guys. I'm following, following. I'm back. You sorry, can, where, wait, sorry. where did I stop, please? <laughs> My yeah, Kari, speak up. You're talking about the kids and their performance so far, and the fact okay. that the big boys like Obama Young were not informed. Okay, the truth is, uh, when as a manager, when you have established and experienced players not turning up. You don't have a choice and you have uh, experimented a lot like you use this today use that tomorrow use this today use that tomorrow and there's no difference in results you just have to like 
not going. It's not even about going back to the drawing board. You have to think outside the box. When I say think outside the box, it isn't even particular to us alone. Look at Barcelona today. They are using the likes of Pedri. They are using the likes of Ansu Fati. They are using the likes of Sergio Des. Just normal in football. And when you have the likes of Bukayo Saka coming in, Gabi Martinelli, then you have Emil Smith Rowe. These are young stars that can actually that are actually hungry. They are actually hungry and they are what? They are showing what they are, the stuff they are made of on the pitch. And when you have me, I would always say it, you don't change a winning team. If it is these lives that are going to keep us afloat for this season, get us back into you no, know, obviously getting back into the Champions League is a very big dream right now, but making us get us back into the Europa League, going all the way in Europa and then going all the way in FA Cup, then I don't think it's any problem. We just have to stick to what to the winning team. All right, stick with the winning team. And, you know, we've been talking about the uh, players that are doing well, the high flyers, Bruno Fernandes, Kyle Sakas. Let's also look at the guys that are not doing so well, Pablo. Um, let's talk about Daniel James, you know. I still saw the lashing the guy got on Twitter yesterday after finally getting some minutes. People are saying, this guy doesn't really belong at Man United. Maybe he should be, you know, he's in the wrong spot. Uh, Antonio Martial, too, who seems not to be to have picked up for me, you know, Rashford. Uh, Sir Rashford, Sir Marcus Rashford, is back in form, getting the goals. But uh, Marshall doesn't see Marshall FC is not in full swing the way they used to harass us. Uh, let's talk about last season and beyond. And then Daniel James, what do you think about those guys out I of mean, form at the moment? Daniel James hasn't really been a player that has been in form. I mean, he came to my U last season, first two three years, he impressed all of us and. I mean, we actually thought this was it. This was the winger we have been looking for. But then, immediately after those two, three games, he just went off. And then, since then, we've not really seen anything impressive. I mean, left to me, I'll say Daniel James should go out. Yeah, there is news that Bielsa wants him at Leeds. I feel if he goes to a club like Leeds, hopefully he can develop and become a much better player, a much better nation. I mean, we know that what he has in his game is he has pace. But aside that pace, we don't really see him moving well with the ball, taking those shots. His shots are more like, it's more like he's giving the goalkeeper the ball in their hands just for them to like, okay, just stop. But if you look at Marshall, yes, Marshall isn't really getting the goal. But we can see Marshall getting assists this season. Yes, he's not looking at his full best. Like the way he looked towards the end of last season, where he was banging goals week in, week out. But what Marshall is bringing is he's giving assists and then he's helping in winning penalties. So Marshall is not at his best, but so far he's trying. But if we can get, if after the band of Cavani, we hope that maybe Cavani can come back and then we have a nine and then we sit in going well. Because so far the games Cavani has played, he's looked sharp. He's been able to create threat at least for the goalkeepers. He's been a threat once he's in the box. So we hope that maybe when Cavani gets back against Liverpool, we can see Cavani come back into the team and then hopefully we get a good result. All right, all right, guys. It's been it's been amazing having you guys on the show this evening. As we wrap things up, I'll just take your final words for your clubs, what your your hopes and aspirations for the season. Uh, in no particular, that let me let me start from Ola. Ola, what are your aspirations for the season? You know, 
well, what do you see of your club performing in the local scene and also in the continental scene and, and beyond? Yeah, sorry, could you repeat the question? I think Yeah, I'm saying, saying as we wrap up, can we get your, your your hopes and aspirations for the season as regards your club, both for the yeah. domestic and the continental scene? Honestly, at this point, man, I'm I mean, it all depends. It, it depends on what happens this January transfer window, I guess. But I'm not really expecting any activities. So, to be honest, I think just the top three finish in the league, get to a good spot in the Champions League. I mean, if we keep having these injuries, that is. But if these guys come back, then I might set my hopes a bit higher. Like if Jota comes back, if you know, VVD, they said they might come back early. If that happens, then we might give a push for the league because everyone else to be honest they're shite at the moment why you think they're doing very well but they're only <laughs> second they're only second because everyone else has been so shit so uh, it's like that Leicester season they're not having a good oh, season they're having an okay season to be honest I, so I can see that the rivalry between Liverpool and Man U remains I, very I mean, I'm just I'm just I'm just speaking fast bro. Like, if, <laughs> if everyone else wasn't I'm so hearing, bad I'm hearing. if Man City weren't so bad and Liverpool weren't so bad <laughs> you take it up well, last stop, saying that you know what you have a great season. I mean, do you agree? When you I guys, mean. when you see yourselves performing this season, you guys have been knocked out of the Champions League and now in the Europa. I mean, we hope to do better in the Europa League. We hope we can we can get to the finals and if possible, we know even though we, we have seen time and time again that only is not good at semi-finals, but we hope that we can go all the way. But looking at the Man United team right now. I mean, Ola has said that we are just like the OK team. You, we are like lesser of. Expectations for the end of the season. I mean, my expectations are if teams continue going the way they are going, we hope that eventually maybe Manu somehow manages to win the league. I mean, but we cannot say, I cannot say I have 100% hope, but I have hope that it's possible that Manu could win the league this season. This could be ours. Wow. Nice one. I'll take you up on that definitely. Uh, let me go to Poland. Poland, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh my, well, as an Arsenal fan for this season, we we can't we can't we can't we, I can't we can't dream high enough. We just have to keep our hopes grounded. But uh, let me put you on the spot, Poland. Okay. Are you guys? Do you think you guys will have a challenge for the top four this season? Top six. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me say top six in the league. Then FA Cup. You know, regardless of how bad or how good we have, we are, we can be in any season. We always go far in the FA Cup. We could go all the way in the FA Cup. I wouldn't even underrate our chances in that cup. In the Europa, it is a different ball game. I'm, I'm I can't I can't actually say I'm confident of our chances. I can't say I'm confident of our chances, but I can say we should we can go all the way. Let me see it gets a quarter final or a semi final, please. So that's just it. <laughs> right. We hope our hill, our hill right. end boys, yeah. our, we hope our hill end boys will carry us all the way anyway. <laughs> all the way. Someone was saying earlier on that, you know what, there's a limit to what those kids can do, but I guess we'll wait and see. The rest of Tottenham, what scores? Moreo, you know, it looks like Moreo is getting his group back. What are your hopes and aspirations for the season? 
Uh, before I talk about Mourinho, I trust him. But let me just say, uh, it's so sad. Like, uh, apart from the, the Liverpool guys, which have enjoyed some success in the past, it's so sad that two great clubs in England have had a very bad uh, falling standard. Imagine talking about us now going for the top six. Uh, it's uh, we actually didn't think this day might come, and I think the World Cup is actually came because uh, they fell out of grace. And in talking about the Europa League, uh, they're actually talking about quarter final. Imagine that. <laughs> um, concerning Manchester United, well, I think I agree with um, Ola. Uh, they, they think they are enjoying a very good form because others have been so cheap. I personally expect Liverpool to retain the title this season. I mean, they've had some couple of injuries, but I don't think anybody is still beating that standards. At least if we meet teams like Liverpool, uh, sorry, teams like Arsenal, it doesn't mean they shouldn't know get the three points and I think very soon they are going to meet Manchester United and put them in their place. <laughs> so um concerning um Tottenham Hotspur, I definitely do not think Mourinho will win the league this season. But out of the remaining three series where the FA Cup, the League Cup and the Europa League, um I'm very confident at least he's going to win two. two I don't know win which one two. maybe the league yeah. yeah. I'm thinking I think he's going to win two. Two trophies, maybe the League Cup and the FA Cup or the League Cup and the Europa League. But it's going to win Alright, it's going to be. But I think strongly believe Liverpool is going to retain the league this season. Wow! Because oh, yeah, yeah. And Pep Guardiola is coming, but I still think Liverpool will retain the league this season because those teams can be deadly, even with their injuries. Can be very, very deadly. Alright, Celeste. It looks like I will, I will kick off from you because I like your boldness. You know what? I, I, I'm planning to put all you guys on the spot. We are about midway of the season, about 17, 18, 17 games played. Some have 16 and thereabouts. But you know what? I want to get your predictions for the top four in the Premier League this season and then at the end of the season, hopefully we can compare notes and see who is the fraud and who is the legit analyst. So th- I'm starting with Terrestia. What's your prediction for top four English Premier League at the end of this season? Uh, I think the number one is still going to be Liverpool. Okay. And uh, the second, uh, I think, is going to be uh, uh, Manchester City. Then I think the third is going to be Tottenham Hotspur. And fourth, a uh, very close battle between um, Chelsea and Manchester United. Oh, but we give it to Manchester United. You give it to Manchester United. Lovely. Pablo, over to you. Um, I'll say, I see for the top of the league, I'll, I'll say give it to Man City because, I mean, they started the season off bad, but so far they have looked sharp against Chelsea and against Man U. And then I think for second place, between either Man U and Liverpool, and then for fourth, I'll give it to Tottenham Hotspur. So, in your second place and third place, you are leaving it in the balance. You have to pick one for I'll put Manchester United ahead of Liverpool because of Liverpool injury problem. And then for fourth, Tottenham Spurs. Oh, Spurs for fourth. All right, Ola. While Ola is still gathering the spots. Poland, over to you. <laughs> Top four for this season. <laughs> I cannot tip anyone for the league other than other than Man City. After the with uh, Ruben Diaz's uh, recent uh, form, I think the defense has been stabilized. We have likes of Cancelo, Walker, Zinchenko, and the Stones who have gathered their bits together. And I see City going all the way to win the league this season. Second, third, and fourth place in no particular order. In no particular order. No, you must give us particular order, okay. bro. 
<laughs> okay, since we have to put it in a particular order, okay, I see Man City, Liverpool, Spurs, United. I can't see Arsenal because we are having a topsy toppy season. It is bipolar. We blow hot today, we blow cold tomorrow, but we've been seeing a lot of cold lately, so. And I think that I've been happening for a very long while now, so I think that's that, fair. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. All right, Ola, your predictions for the top four before we wrap things up. Yeah, um, I'll go Liverpool, Man City, Man U Sports. Liverpool, Man City, Man U Sports. Very straight to the point and business like. Yeah. All right, guys, it's been fun having you guys around. Definitely, we should do this more and more and more. Yeah, yep, we should. As it develops, we have more and more talking points. When it's too boring, you never run out of it. I mean, we could go on and on. And I mean, we could go on and on and would never get tired and can't even run out of things to talk yeah, about right. in the world of football. Definitely, guys. So that's it from the Talk Sports Football Podcast. It's been fun having um, Poland, Ola, Terestia, and of course Pablo on seats. And your host is definitely Kenyon and Center for Alright, have a lovely right. night. Yeah. Pleasure is mine. Good night. So don't you will you come from? As long as you're a black man, you're an African.